Okay, as we uh, we look at Job uh, 29... Um, we're coming off of chapter 28, which was kind of an excursus about um, a wisdom. Uh, we said there was some debate about, you know, who was actually the speaker. Um, I myself think it was, in fact, Job. Uh, but there, there's debate about that. But we, we looked at uh, men uh, going after what they desire, what they think is most valuable, um, and men also not seeing the value in the wisdom of God, you know, the fear of God, the the beginning of wisdom. And so Job in tw- chapter 29, he's going to resume his uh, discourse. Uh, and chapter 29 is kind of, um, 29 and 30, is kind of a, it's almost like a summary statement of, of Job's uh, plight, his afflictions, all the things that he's been through. And uh, what we're going to see is that um, Job is longing for uh, to to have that union with God that he once had. Now, it's easy to get bogged down into thinking that Job was just longing to be blessed of God. Uh, But that's not the case. more more than likely with all the things going on and what Job says it's not about just oh I wish I had a blessing it's not about uh, it's not about uh, Job wanting to be in a better situation than he's in although of course he does he's suffering more than you know anybody can imagine uh, but the main thrust of chapter 29 is that Job is longing uh, for that fellowship he had with God, and he's not just longing to be to uh, be blessed of God to have all the things that he once had. Although that's part of it, he's longing to be in the position that he once was with God, where he was a blessing to others, where he was a defender of the weak, where he was uh, God's man, so to speak, on the earth, and people looked at him and saw him as God's man, and and he was um, you know the one that people came to for help, and he. Was was the one who who protected those who were being oppressed and and all those things go along with being blessed of God and being walking in fellowship with God because God um, God changed God changes the heart so that uh, we will follow after his commands so that we will uh, do those things that uh, God would have us to do here amongst our neighbors and friends and even amongst our enemies. Um, what we're going to see is that Job is longing for that union with God that um, in its full-orbed sense, not just... Uh, if I, I'm thinking if I was Job, probably... Knowing knowing me, I would probably be just, you know, I wish I had my kids back. I wish I had my money back. I wish I wasn't sick. I wish I didn't have these boils all over me. I wish I wasn't laying in the dirt. I wish, you know, I wish I was, I had it better. I wish life was going better for me. Uh, but that's not, that's not just Job's cry in chapter 29. His cry is for what he believes is a lost fellowship with God. Uh, and for the reinstatement of his position, not just to be blessed, but also to be a blessing to others. Job longs for the days when God directed his paths and he had intimate fellowship with God. Uh, of course, we know that he hadn't lost that fellowship, but in Job's mind, he, he's still wondering what's going on. Um, 
he longed for those days when uh, when uh, he was God's man on the earth, and and men men looked at him and knew that he was God's man. And when he spoke, they they understood that uh, he was speaking from uh, a godly heart, righteous and just character, and, and those kind of things. So we'll see that as we look through the the, the chapter um, in in the first uh, first six verses, uh, Job's gonna spell out how he longs for uh, the fellowship of God and if if uh, I haven't mentioned it up until this point but if if you um, want outlines for all these chapters that we go through all these things I have outlines on my website for uh, all the books of the Bible that we go through um, it's it's at jasonvalada.com and so um, it's they're easy to accept Excess and they're all in PDFs and you can download them and you know use them for whatever you want to. They're all free. It's nothing, you know, no cost of, uh, of anything. But um, the the first part of this uh, this chapter in the in the outline that we see is that Job longs for the fellowship of God and and that's the that's the main crux of his issue as we look through chapter twenty nine. Uh, it says and Job verse one says and Job again took up his discourse and said Oh that I were as in the months of old as in the days when God watched over me. Do you see he desires he desires the peace and the comfort of knowing that God was watching over him as a as a hospital chaplain, I can tell you that there's nothing worse than uh, a person who is sick, a person who's going through trial, a person who's going through tribulation or, or any kind of, um, you know, um, uh, uh, trials in their life. That, that that feeling that you're completely alone and that everything is hopeless, there's nothing worse than that feeling. And, and that's kind of what Job feels like because God hasn't answered him yet. He has cried out to God three or four times and we saw... Uh, Job cry out to God and ask him to come and judge the case that he's making and to uh, you know to judge between he he and his friends and and those kind of things and God hasn't appeared yet and he will at the end of the the book and he's going to straighten all of this confusion out both in the friends and in Job uh, but here Job is wishing I just wish I could be back in those days when I was comforted by the knowledge that God was watching watching over me you know just there's comfort and peace in knowing especially us who are in Christ uh, of knowing that you know there's nowhere we go there's nothing we do where God isn't um, where God isn't lighting our path he isn't walking with us he isn't guiding us he isn't he isn't taking care of all things e- Romans 828 which is uh, one verse that's probably we keep in the forefront of our mind looking at the book of Job is that God is working all things for good and we've said it before we've said it probably numerous times Um, but there's comfort in knowing that God has got everything under control even when you go through the toughest times even when you go through suffering um, it's hard for us to see at the moment of suffering that this suffering is for my good and you surely you know you surely don't want somebody walking up and telling you hey don't worry about it it's okay that you're going through suffering you know it's for your own good Uh, you sure don't want to hear that um, but we need to get this foundation under us before we go through suffering because um, it helps us with the knowledge that God is working. Our foundation is that God is in control of all things and he is watching over all things. There is nothing that comes to you as a believer. There's nothing that comes to you that does not pass through God's hands first. And we even see this in the book of Job. 
I mean, notice we're privy to information that the rest of the participants in the book are not, but Satan wasn't wasn't uh, Satan didn't just come and, and start attacking Job of his own volition. He didn't he didn't come and just start attacking Job in his own power. Uh, it was God who allowed Satan to come and attack Job, and he did it for a purpose. Um, if you think back to the things that Job suffered. Uh, it was, of course, the, the Sabaeans and the Chaldeans came and they took away Job's uh, flocks and herds and they killed his servants and all those things. Okay, you, you, you may could, uh, you, you may could uh, say that m- maybe the devil put that in their heart or whatever, but uh, the natural disasters, the great, the great wind and the fire that fell from heaven, uh, I have a hard time thinking Satan has the power to do that at all. Uh, in fact, I don't. And so the things that happened to Job... Uh, were, I hate to say it this way, but they were ordained of God. They were allowed by God. Satan came to God and said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this to test your man Job. And God said, you go ahead and you can go this far but no farther. So Job longs for the days when, when he had peace that God watched over him. Now we know that God is still watching over him. Even in the midst of this trial, even in the midst of what he's going through, God is watching over him. Um, verse 3 says, uh, of course, all this is going to be contingent upon the the second verse. He's saying, oh, that I wish it was like this. Oh, that I wish it was like this. And so verse 3 says, you know, oh, that I wish it was like when, when his lamp shone upon my head, when God's lamp shone upon my head, and by his light I walked through darkness. Um, he, he desires the days when, when God just guided his path, when, when he walked in God's light, when... when uh, you know, where God guided, Job followed. You know, up until the point where Job started suffering, up until the point where the tragedy started happening to Job, uh, God, out of his own mouth, said Job was a righteous man. That means, you know, that, that Job's sin was covered. His sin was atoned for by the sacrifices that he made. Uh, and, and Job had rest in knowing that his past were attended by the Lord, that, that there was nothing that he was going to walk through that day that the Lord had not already taken care of. There was nothing that was going to that was going to overtake him that um, that wasn't ordained by God, wasn't used by God for some for some you know good purpose. So he's saying, "Man, I just long for those days when when I had God's presence and I had God's guidance." And he he's just he's just longing for the time when he was with in fellowship and union with God. He's longing for God's companionship. Verse 4 says, "As I was in my prime when the friendship of God was upon my tent, when the Almighty was yet with me, when my children were all around me. He he's longing for that that friendship of God that he had shared, you know. He longs for the the communion and that's the real that's the real blessing of uh being in Christ is that perfect unalterable communion that we have with with God. Not because we're so good, not because we keep all the laws, not because we've done all righteousness in our own flesh, but because of what Christ did at the cross, because of what he did in giving us his righteousness. The Father can have perfect communion with us as as well as uh, the Son and the Spirit. We have perfect communion with God because of what Jesus did for us. He gave us that perfect righteousness. Uh, And Job is longing for this. Of course, we know Job hasn't lost this. But 
the trials and the tribulations and the suffering and the the sickness and all these things, they make Job feel like, hey, God, you've abandoned me. You've left me here. Uh, You've you've taken off and let all this tragedy happen to me for no reason. And so he's he's longing and desiring, you know, I I wish I was back where, where the friendship of God was upon me. Of course, we know it still was, but the the suffering the suffering marred that in his mind. He longs for the time, verse five, when the Almighty was with me and my children were 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 all around me. He 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 could trust in the All Powerful, the Almighty God. When it, when God was with him, he was working for his good. And and of course, we, we've said it three or four times already that God is still working for for his good. But there was something about the peace and rest that he had, knowing that the All Powerful God was going before him and was with him, and he was blessed of God, not just financially, not just with uh, material means or with health, but he was blessed of God in that the God of the universe, the all-powerful God, called him uh, friend. He called him son. He called him servant. And so that was what Job is longing for. Um, He longs for when his children were all around him. Now, he longs for he longs for the blessings, just be honest, that come with God's presence. I mean, blessings always follow walking with God. Now, having said that, let me make the distinction and say that we're not necessarily talking about financial blessings, material blessings, physical blessings, you know, all the health, wealth, and prosperity gospel guys. We're not necessarily talking about this because, my friend, if you live long enough, you're going to get sick. You're going to go through trial. You're going to lose loved ones. You're going to go through these uh, things in life. If you live long enough and if Christ tarries, you're going to go through all these things. I mean, it's just, it's a fact. It doesn't matter even if you're, you know, not sick if you're the healthiest man on the planet, when you reach a certain age, the people around you are going to start to pass away and you're going to lose family members and friends. And I mean, you will go through trials and tribulations. We live in this fallen world and it's it's unavoidable as long as the the, the curse is in effect. Now, Christ is coming to remake the heavens and the earth and and in that there'll be perfect righteousness and eternal life and all those things. And we won't have to worry about sin and death and sickness and all those kind of things. But as long as we live in this flesh, uh, those things are going to be going to be reality. But having said that, let me say this: there is always, always blessings that follow with walking with God. Um, it, just the just the communion, the fellowship with God is a blessing in and of itself. You and I were made; we were designed to to fellowship with God. Uh, of all the animals that he created, of all the things, he, he made man in his image. We were designed to be in relationship with him, to love him, for him to love us, to, to, uh, to communicate with him, to commune with him. And when we, when we are outside of that fellowship, before, uh, because of sin, because of all the things that, that, uh, that keep us from that, when we're outside of that, there's no way that we can have the blessing that we've 
we're designed to have. There's no way we can have peace. There's no way we can have rest. We will continually be like that hamster running around in that that round little cage. We'll be continually be searching for the next thing, the next thing, the next thing. Uh, this thing's going to make me happy. And then when you get that thing, no, it, well, it didn't make me happy. Well, let me try the next thing. Well, the next thing's going to make me happy. If I can just reach this level, I'll be happy. And then you get to that level and you're like, well, that didn't do it. Let me just reach this next level, then I'll be happy and I'll finally be at peace. The reality is that you cannot be at peace. Whether you're sick, whether you're healthy, no matter what's going on, you cannot be at peace without communion with God, without fellowship with God. You cannot be there. You cannot have the blessing of God. So just walking with God is the blessing in and and of itself. So that brings us to what, verse 6? Okay. Job longs for uh, God's provision. We, uh, Job is longing for when my steps were washed with butter and the rock poured out for me streams of oil. Boy, that sounds kind of weird to us. You know, my when my steps were washed with butter, when you, you think about that, you think about if my steps are washed with butter, I'm going to be slipping and sliding. And, and you just it's a, kind of a ridiculous picture from our modern point of view. But what Job's talking about here is he he was he was provided for in abundance with everything that he needed. Uh, you know he he had you know butter was uh, you know it was a it was a, a blessing and uh, not just a necessity but a, a luxury. I mean he he had everything that he needed. And even when you know if you can imagine he, he's saying like there was no there was no shortage of oil. There was no shortage at all. The rock itself would pour out streams of oil. There was nothing that could get in the way of him being provided for. Even when there was no oil, the rock poured out oil. You know, that's kind of what he's saying. These these symbolic pictures are showing just when, you know, that Job was, uh, he was provided for. Even in the midst of, of all the things that were going on, there was nothing he was worried about. There was nothing that he 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 cared uh you know there was no concern or care about where his provision would come from or all those things he's longing for those days when uh that characterized his life with uh, the fellowship with god uh and it's something that that we long for as well you know even even today you know you've heard the the verses the the promises where it says no weapon formed can come against you nothing can separate you from the love of christ i will, my god will provide will uh, supply your every need according to his riches and glory we have the promises understanding that god will provide us everything we need and so to worry about the things that we need is it's it's almost well it's not almost it is it's unfaithfulness it's it's the opposite of faith even jesus said don't tell his disciples you know when you go out don't worry about what you're going to eat don't worry about what you're going to wear you know your heavenly father knows that you need these things you seek first the kingdom of god and his righteousness and then all these other things will be added to you now i don't know about you but i want to know where it's coming from you know what i mean if if today i'm in need of something i want to have a plan and know that tomorrow it's going to be coming at this time and this is how i'm going to get it god doesn't necessarily work that way a lot of times he just keeps us in the dark and then all of a sudden 
bang, he provides. And, uh, you know, of course, we, we glorify him for that. But then when we're in need again, you know, we go right back to worrying, right back to being afraid, right back to, you know, thinking, oh, God, you've left me and all, all these things. When the reality is that he promised to take care of his children. It doesn't mean that you're going to have a Cadillac or a Rolls Royce or a big mansion or, you know, it means that you're going to have what you need uh, to survive. You're going to have what you need to live. You're going to have what you need to uh, to take care of your uh, of your needs. And so, um, this is what Job was saying. I, I he he wasn't just um, provided for. He's provided for in abundance. And we know that from the the beginning of the of the of the book. Uh, his steps were washed with butter. That just sounds strange. Uh, and and he was in no shortage. Of oil, uh, Job. the The first part, the first six verses of this chapter, Job is basically talking about his relationship with God, his communion, his communication, his friendship, his his union with God, and how he misses the days when he was, um, you know, comforted by God, when he was uh, a companion of God. And it shows the, you know, when God directed his paths and the friendship that he had and how God was the Almighty that uh, was walking with him and he was always providing. And and those six verses make up what Job uh, misses about the... uh, the the communion with God, but from seven verse seven to verse seventeen, uh, Job is not just longing for what he received from God, but he's longing for what he was able to give others through God, and that's something that's so it's missing so often today in today's world today especially. In uh, modern churches and amongst modern Christian groups, the the focus is always the focus seems to be me centered. It's it's what God can do for me, and all the preaching is is you know what God's going to do for you. This is what God's going to do for you. God's going to give to you. God's going to take care of you. God's going to do the and, and those things are real. So I'm not I'm not disparaging those at all. God does give to us, and God go, does comfort us and give us peace and all those kind of things that we've talked about already. Um, but that is not the the purpose of why God saved you and left you here in this fallen world. Uh, if if that was the purpose, the God would have saved your soul through Christ, and then He would have transported you to heaven, and then you would be happy, then you would be protected, then you would be cared for. But God has left you here. God has left you here for a purpose, and that purpose is to spread His word, to spread His kingdom, to fulfill that great commission, and to uh, to glorify the the name of God by showing forth His image that has uh, been created in you. And so Job doesn't just long for the me, 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 what God's going to do for me. He longs for the time when he was God's man on the earth, and men understood that he was God's man. Uh, verse 7 uh, verse seven through ten, uh, Job is uh, he's going to say, I'm, "I'm longing for those days when I was respected among the important people." Uh, 
when I went out to the gate of the city, when I prepared my seat in the square, the young men saw me and withdrew. The aged rose and stood. The princes refrained from talking and laid their hand on their mouth. The voices of the nobles was hushed and their tongues stuck to the roof of their mouth. Uh, when the ear heard, it called me blessed. And when the eyes saw, it called me approved. Now, before you start, before you start taking these verses and saying, well, Job was just selfish. He just wanted these guys to, uh, he just wanted his important, powerful position. Uh, notice in verse 12, that first word, because. And then we're going to talk, as we get into those verses, we're going to talk about why those men stood and why they refrained from talking and why they looked at him as though he was important and why they were Pre, uh, he was so prestigious. So uh, before before we condemn Job for being real prideful right here, let's wait until we get to the reasons why he was l- like he was an important man. Uh, verse seven, it says he he uh, went out to the gate of the city and prepared his seat in the square. In those days, uh, the cities, the the government, the business of the city, uh, the marketplace, all those things was at the gate of the city uh, or it was in the square of the city. And so uh, when he says, I prepared my seat in the square and I went out to the gate, he was saying, I was among the leadership uh, of these cities. I was among uh, the the elders and the, the people who led uh, the the city government, the, the things that need to be done. I was I was respected. Job is saying among all the important men uh, of the city, the the young men gave him preeminence. You know, it says that uh, uh, the uh, the. Well, I'm looking for it right here. The the young men saw me and withdrew. They knew that he was the man. They knew that he was the man, and you you know they were respectful of him, knowing his position. Uh, and it also says that the aged men they rose and stood. They honored him when he showed up at the gate of the city. Uh, he held a prominent position. He held a position uh, in their sight as a man who. Uh, was a godly man, uh, a man who deserved respect, a man who deserved honor. Uh, And Job, he was highly esteemed among the elders. Verse 9 and 10 says that uh, when Job spoke, even the princes, now these are the head honchos, even they held their tongues. They respected him greatly and they valued his counsel. When when he went to talking and giving counsel, the nobles hushed. The tongue stuck to the roof of their mouth. Um, When Job Job went to speaking, people knew Hey, this is a man that needs to be taken seriously. This is a man who, um, this is a man who who uh, God had blessed in such a way that uh, he deserves. He deserves our respect. He deserves to have a hearing. And uh, when we hear those things, it just thinks that we just can't help but think, well, Job is just a proud. He's just wishing that he would you know, be back in the powerful position. But notice why. Notice why the young men withdrew. Why did the age rise and stand when he came in? Why did the princes refrain from talking? Why did the nobles hush their voices when uh, when when Job would enter the room? Verse 12, it says, this is why. Because I delivered the poor who cried for help. I delivered the poor who cried for help. I, uh, and the fatherless who had none to help him. I delivered the poor and I delivered the fatherless. Uh, the blessing, the blessing of him who was about to perish came upon me. I helped those who were about to perish. 
And I caused the widow's heart to sing for joy. Let's just stop there for a second and, and take them just a few at a time. Job is saying that he was, he was a blessing to others. He wasn't just some important guy, you know, who held positions of power. And I just wish I had my power back. He held those positions. He was a respected man in the community. He was a respected man by the princes and the elders and the nobles and the young men and the old men. Not because uh, he was just so awesome. Not because he was just a man of high stature or he had a lot of uh, possessions and a lot of things. He was held in that regard because he was God's man doing God's work. On the earth, he delivered the poor that cried for help. He helped the fatherless, uh, those who were about to perish. Uh, blessed his name because he helped him. Uh, those who were widows uh, sang for joy uh, because he would help them. He it says, "I caused the widow's heart uh, to sing for joy." Those that were uh, the poor and the orphans, we see that in the. And the widows and the orphans, we see that in the New Testament all the time. Even James says uh, true religion is the, the, the man who helps the widows and the orphans. And so uh, Job was not just a powerful man to be a powerful man. He was a powerful man because God had blessed him and was causing him to be a blessing in other people's lives. <clears throat> So many people today just want God's blessing. We just want God's blessing and, you know, bless me with health, wealth, happiness, bless me with family, bless me all those things. But with that comes the responsibility of the Great Commission. With that comes the responsibility of being a blessing to others, of helping those in need, of ministering to those who are hurting. Uh, Verse 14, Job brought justice with him wherever he went. He brought justice to those who were oppressed. Uh, Verse 14 says, I put on righteousness and it clothed me. My justice was like a robe and a turban. He... He was clothed in righteousness. What that means is uh, he was known for his just and righteous actions toward those that were in need. He was, he was, that summed up who he was. He helped uh, the infirm. In verse 15, it says, I was eyes to the blind and feet to the lame. I was a father to the needy and I searched out the cause of him who I did, whom I did not know. Uh, I broke the fangs of the unrighteous and made him drop his prey from his teeth. Job was aid to those who were in need. Um, He was, you know, he was the eyes to the blind. He helped the blind to see. I mean, what that means is, you know, he he didn't, you know, the picture is he he was leading around a blind man so he could help him get to where he was going. Uh, He was feet to the lame. He would carry the lame man. Uh, Now, whether these things, these things are the things that characterize his personality, his justice, his lifestyle. Job was a father to the needy and he justified those that he didn't didn't even know when men come to him he wasn't just doing them favors because he liked them it says in verse 16 he says i searched out the cause of him whom i did not know he says it was because you were hurting that i helped you it was because they were in need that i that i came to their aid it's not because of some special relationship we had i was doing these things because this was the blessing of god for me to do these things god had had turned me this way. I was God's man uh, in this city. I was God's man who brought justice and righteousness. And when people were oppressed, 
by the unrighteous. Uh, Job says, then I became a protector. Verse 17 said, I broke the fangs. I broke the fangs of the unrighteous. When, when the unrighteous came and tried to devour his prey, which would be the helpless and the weak, uh, Job became the protector that broke their fangs. He made them drop the prey from their teeth. Um, Job, uh, he, he was the man who was uh, not only blessed of God, but he was used to be a blessing of God. And this is something today that we've we've lost so much. You know, when we when we are going through suffering and trial, when we're going through heartache, when we're going through the, the pains of life and, and all these things that we go through, um, most of the time we just want comfort. I just want out of the trap. I want out of the, you know, out of the bear trap. I just want to feel good again. I want to be blessed again. I want to not have to worry about bills and, and these things again. I want to be, you know, I want to be whole again. And, and then, you know, by providence or, or, or miracle or whatever, God makes us whole again and He handles that situation. He heals that person. Whatever's going on in your life, He, he takes care of that. Uh, most of our, our proclivity, I know my own is, is to go back to being comfortable, to go back to being, uh, go back to being who we were before, just to go back to enjoying comfort rather than to go out and to get to work for God, going out and being this man who is eyes to the blind and feet to the lame and father to the needy and, and those things. Job is not just longing for the blessing of God. Oh God, please come and bless me back with all my stuff. He's longing to be uh, in communion with God in such a way that he is the blessing for those who need him. He is God's instrument. He's God's tool of righteousness. He's God's man who who does God's work and shows God's name and glorifies God in his actions. <clears throat> now here's where from, from 18 to 25, uh, that will end this chapter, Job... Uh, is going to be crying out, calling, uh, and saying that he he doesn't understand why uh, his his position has been taken from him. He had done all these things. He enjoyed the fellowship of God, the communion of God, all these things. He had been a blessing. <coughs> excuse me to the uh, to the needy, to the people who were hurting and infirmed, and all those things. And he expected to continue to be that instrument of God. He expected to continue to be that uh, helper of the poor, helper of the widows. It's almost like it's almost like Job is not just sad that he has lost his blessings. He's sad that he's lost the ability to be a blessing. Um, and that's remarkable. I mean, it, it's remarkable uh, because I put myself in that position, and I don't, I don't think that I would be uh, that way. I would probably be like everybody else. You know, I'd be old, poor, pitiful me. Look what, look what's happened to me. Who's going to take care of me now? Job's almost. I mean, he's longing for his position back. That's no doubt about that. Uh, but in verse eighteen and twenty-five, 
it's almost as if he's longing for the position of being a servant back. It's like he thinks that God has taken that position from him, that he can no longer help the needy, help the poor, help the, the infirmed, all those things. Um, in verse 18, he says, Then I thought, he says, at that time when all that was going on, I thought, I shall die in my nest, and I shall multiply my days as the sand. He, he, um, he didn't just enjoy the blessings, but he used them to bless others. And at that time that he was doing that, he he he, he thought, you know, uh, I'm going to just be this way the rest of my life. You know, God is using me. God is is with me. He's ordaining my paths. He's the light shining upon me, and I'm able to help all these people, and I'm able to do all these things. You know, I, he just thought at the time, this is this is my life. This is how it's going to be. Uh, he he thought he would just, you know, uh, always be God's servant. You know, verse nine, he verse nineteen, he expected the roots and branches. He pictures himself as a tree. He he expected his roots and branches just to continue spreading. This is not just the blessing, not just the the uh, prosperity, but it's the uh, the usefulness. He he expected. Verse nineteen says, "My my roots spread out to the waters." With the dew all night on my branches, my my glory fresh with me and my bow ever new in my hand. He said, I, I, I thought at the time that my roots would just continue to spread out uh, to the waters and the, the, the dew would, would, you know, nourish my branches. Uh, the symbol of a tree, Job's not only speaking of, he's not only speaking of being strong and blessed, of course that's part of it, but he's also speaking about being able to feed others and shade others and and help others and and do all the things that he's described from verse 7 to verse 17. Uh, Job longed to be that powerful tree that others came to for help and others came to for shelter. Uh, He expected to always be God's defender. Uh, When he says, my glory was fresh with me, uh, glory, it it could also mean strength, power, heaviness. Uh, He said, my my strength would always be with me because I was defending the poor and I was knocking the teeth out of the unrighteous. Uh, and my bow, ever new in my hand, this is the bow that his his uh, his his strength his. Uh, he thought he would always be ready to fight, you know, for God's cause, to fight for the uh, oppressed, to fight for those who were who were sick and infirmed and injustice. And then. In verses 21 through 25, we're going to go through them really, really quickly because basically Job, in 21 through 25, he's summing up what he's already said. It's just a condensed version. He's going to say that he was, he was, uh, you know, uh, 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 he was honored. By, by men, he was honored by men, and it was because he was one that was that was comforting those who mourned. And so he says, men listened to me. Verse 21, men listened to me and waited and kept silence for my counsel. We've heard that before. After I spoke, they did not speak again. And my word dropped upon them. They waited for me as for the rain and they opened their mouths as for spring rain. I smiled on them when they had no confidence. See, he's saying verse 21 verse 20 to verse 23, uh, he's repeating the fact that he held a, uh, a powerful position among men, but he, it, the position was there not because he was just uh, so prosperous, but because it was he was the servant of God. Verse twenty four says, "I smiled on them when they had no confidence, and the light of my face they did not cast down. I chose their way and sat as chief, and I live like a king among his troops, like one who comforts mourners." Uh, in this chapter, 
what we've seen over and over again is that, of course, Job is hurting. He's suffering. He's going through these things, and and you can you can many people can relate to what Job's going through. There's people going through suffering. There's people going through trial. People going through all kinds of things. All kinds of things that you just can't you can't get a hold on. You can't understand what God's doing. I, I don't understand how this could be working for my good. I don't understand what's going on. Maybe loved ones are passing away, or maybe you're sick or infirmed, or maybe you just have uh, cares of the world, worrying about finances, this all kind of thing. You pick your pick your suffering, pick your tragedy. There, there's plenty to go around. Um, but in the midst of all this, our focus is, it, it should be gospel-centered in the fact that we understand that we've been made righteous by God, by Christ. And therefore, we, we understand that even though we go through all these things, you know, we our fellowship with God, our communion with God, with God is not uh, jeopardized. Our, just like Job, Job's fellowship and communion with God was not in jeopardy at any point in this book. From the very first chapter, uh, God makes it explicitly clear that Job's, Job's uh, relationship with God uh, was not in jeopardy at all. That God is doing all this to test Job rather than to punish Job. So as Christians, we have to keep that in mind. And that's where our peace and joy comes from. That's where our hope and happiness comes from. Job's lost that a little bit in the first part of this chapter. He's like, oh, I wish God was attending my path. I wish God's friendship was still with me. Uh, Job is... Um, He's he's drowning in the depths of despair. But the thing that shows the heart change that has happened in Job, the thing that shows that Job is the righteous man because God has made him righteous and his sacrifices have covered his sin, you know, and those sacrifices pointed to Christ's sacrifice. But what shows is that Job is suffering more than you could possibly imagine. But Job doesn't just want to be relieved from suffering. He wants to be relieved from suffering so that he can relieve others from suffering. And he wants to relieve others from suffering because that's the man that he was before all this suffering hit him. If you and I are Christians, our job, our life is not to be healthy, happy, and comfortable. Um, If that were so, God would have taken you to heaven already because that's where health, happiness, and comfort are are found uh, in perfection. Uh, God has left us here to spread His Word, to declare His name, and to glorify glorify His image um, by expanding His kingdom. And that's what Job was doing. That characterized his lifestyle. He was helping the needy, helping the infirm. He was helping those uh, who were oppressed and who enemies were falling upon. He was he was the man who was respected and he was powerful in the city. Not because he was just so prosperous and great, but it was because he was this man who helped those who needed, who was the you know eyes to the blind and feet to the lame. Uh, and Job here is longing. To have his position back. Not just the position of blessing. Not just the position of prosperity. But he's longing to have his position of being God's servant back. He's saying, God, I want you to use me. I wish I could be back when God 
was using me and could use me. And we're going to see that Job's fears and his longings, his concerns, his anxieties here are pretty unfounded because God is still using him. Even in the midst of all his suffering and all his trials, he is using Job and he's going to continue to use him. At the end of the book, we'll see Job restored back to all that he lost and he would continue to be a blessing to others, to be the eyes to the blind, to be the feet of the lame. God is continuing to use Job. God is using Job in his suffering as much as he was using Job when he was the most prominent man of the city. Job is longing here and and the, the, the thought is just amazing to me. He's not just wanting out of the suffering. He's wanting out of the suffering so that he can help others remove themselves from suffering. And that's the heart of the Great Commission. We don't, we're not saved just in order to be saved. I mean, salvation is, is the height of, of joy and peace and knowing God and all those things. But we're saved to help other people be saved. We're saved to declare God's gospel and to God declare God's word. And that's what Job was longing, he was longing to do and be.